It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive? into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means. Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, yo, live from the Dream Hotel. It's me and my dog, Chief Johnson, Malik Rashid, and man, critically acclaimed. I, I just <laughs> critically acclaimed, for real, for real. Uh, I don't want to call you a, I don't want to call you a producer because I feel like you're so much more than Ooh. that. But uh, them joints. Hey, 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 what's happening with y'all? No, yeah. what's happening with you? We got grub. We're we're interviewing with with delectables of delightfulness. <laughs> and I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, we got all kind of answers yeah. today. <laughs> Eat up. Yo, man. So um, I think the last time we we talked about it, the last time I saw you was actually about a year removed, like the Grammys. We yeah, were outside yeah, yeah, yeah. of Delilah. Yeah. And you and you and Danny were nice enough to give me a ride back to my hotel. Shouts out DC Hollow. <laughs> um, after watching uh who was it? Bruno Mars, Anderson. Anderson Pack, yeah. Uh who else was performing that night? Um Lucky Day. Lucky it was kinda Day. a jam session, BJ, right? BJ, BJ, BJ yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. So it was it was post Grammy and it was as always good seeing you. Your energy is always good, hey, man. man. You're always that. very uh, welcoming. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think you truly are one of the people that put out the energy that you want reciprocated. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So yeah, nah, man. Since then, what's been up? Man, chipping at the stone still, man. Just just working hard at it, having fun, being creative. You know what I mean? And we'll be back at the Grammys. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole idea of life, to keep going and keep uh, thriving to be the best you can in life. <laughs> That's what's up. So the fam, the kids, everybody good? Man, everybody's blessed, man. My youngest just graduated from high school, man. It's just it's crazy, man, how time flies. Yeah, no, it goes by super, super quick. Right, right. Super, super quick. Um, son, yeah, son turns 18 on July 19th. Woo! And it's just It's unfair. Yo, it's it's gone. <laughs> it, it's that is it. It's like it also it also reminds you of like when, you know, people say, you know, like be present. Like oh, yeah. you, you you really have to be present For because sure. the time is really going. Like you don't even I, I feel like I feel like my son just started middle school or you know, I can remember pre-K like it was yesterday. I literally remember the first time dropping him off at uh, at at before pre-K to nursery. Right. And him in the window crying and banging on the windows like, Daddy, I don't want you to leave me here. So to now, like, be at this moment where he's about to embark on this next uh, part of his journey. I can literally envision, like, I remember... Uh, dropping him off and picking him up from elementary school. Mm. And this seems like maybe about a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? Two, three, you know, I'm like, graduate from high school? Like, yeah, but hey man, well, life be lifing. It do. <laughs> Any other kids following in the footsteps of the music? I think that uh, my youngest, well, both of them, uh, I think my oldest is wanting to get into like uh, film editing and stuff like that from the film side. I'm actually interested in that whole thing too, but that seems like a whole 
matrix of life. I don't even understand, which I wish I, I did. But my youngest uh, wants to get into music production as well. So, you know what I mean? I'm going to use my tools, try to figure the thing out with him. You know what yeah. I mean? So he'll be well, straight. That's something you just like. You allow you allow them to kind of figure out what their journey was. Yeah, I'd rather it be their decision to do what it is because what I want to do is uh, what I would love to do is like say start a business and have something going on with my kids. But mm. they got to be as passionate as I am because I don't want to find out that they're not when they drop the ball and realize that's not what they want to do. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. So and we know that you know it's it's an ongoing process in terms of. At least at that age, finding out who you are. All right. I yeah, think for it's sure. I think it's a I think it's a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Even when you've like gone to college, you declare a major. Right. How many of the people that go to college actually even get a degree, a bachelor's in that in that? I don't I don't field? even know if a lot of parents uh, agree with my thought process. But I told them I said if you want to go to college, then I'm all for it. And you know, of course, we'll help pay for. You know, we'll we'll pave the whole way. Okay. But I'm not gonna push. You know what I mean? Got I it. don't necessarily believe in the education system like that anyway. Not only okay. that, but okay. looking at my example, you know what I'm saying? I dropped out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I didn't finish any level of college whatsoever. Okay. And I felt like, you know, so many different things that I've learned that it takes to be successful. And just being consistent and driving your own shit. And if that's what it takes, that's fine. But if you can create your own path and hustle that way, you know what I mean? There's all kind of different ways of being successful in America. So it's just like, you know what I mean? I feel like the education system is pushed, of course. But, you know, if that's not what you want to do, just as long as you hustling and grinding and, and making something, you know what I mean? I, I heard someone say yesterday, which was Juneteenth, as we know, and... uh forgot who it was, but it said it, it seems like you guys have gotten more caught up with education than liberation. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the liberation of per, of someone is is actually the more important thing. Oh, yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying? For and sure. liberation in the sense of, you know what I mean? Like breaking out of whatever whatever you have shackling you, right? Like this idea systematic of what, requirements yeah the idea of what that looks like you whatever know? that is um and that's the that's the other thing i think my son's i think my son is a, 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 a an example of that like he's teaching me because i don't want to say i necessarily had like any type of expectations you know other than him being a good human and obviously i would like to see him succeed and oh, for yeah, it for to sure. be something that he's passionate about and for him to be successful and all of that but right now he's gone through a couple of iterations of what that could potentially be. And as opposed to allowing that to be frustrating for us or as parents or as stewards or whatever, I think the thing for us to do is to find ways to advocate and to create, you know, like be someone that's giving informative information yeah, sure, so that sure. they can make a decision based upon just that informed yeah, information. You definitely got to give them game constantly. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Not only that, but it's cool because it's like, well, you know, we remember when we were like 18, 19, 20, 21, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and then the different things um, that we've gone through, so it's like if they go through something similar, it'd be like, okay, well, you either know what not to do, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or uh, better ways of doing things, be like, okay, so let me go ahead and step, tell you step by step as to how you you do this. How you and at this point, since they're adults, it's up for you, you know, up to you to, yeah. you want to listen and, you know. I mean, your whole job as a parent is just to prepare them. And sometimes the preparation of that becomes you trying to steer and navigate exactly what the blueprint of their life should be. And a lot of parents end up, you know, it works for some kids. Some kids need that. But a lot of kids, they look at it as like, I'm living my life for you because <laughs> you I'm doing everything I mean? you asked me to do. But I believe, you know, like you said, if, if you just prepare them and give them the tools to decide, like, hey, you know, like my, my nephew, he just graduated high school. He's a great student. He wants to go to school for engineering, but he decided, like, I want to take a year off because, you know, it's just been high school was kind of hard for me. Right, and, right. 
you know, I want to figure out exactly if this is what I want to do. And I think sometimes, again, it's the time clock mentality. Like, you don't start college right after you get out of high school, then you're wasting, you know what I mean? And it's like, there's people who are 50 getting degrees now. There's people right, who are 30. Right. It took me like eight years to, to, to get mine because I kept stopping and going. But that doesn't mean that that wasn't the course for me. But I just needed to figure out life in itself in the preparation of that so just being an adult yeah and just being an adult and having those like real world skills because again like college you learn so much and it can prepare you but you're still four years in an institution <laughs> you know what i mean right and you just got out of four years of that in 12 you know in 12 years so you know i think the guidance is the biggest thing and again like you said preparing them and giving them the tools to go out whether they decide to go in the workforce or college, that they know, like, right. hey, I got you. Right, you know? right, so. right. Whatever you're trying to do, I got you. So we talking about everybody else's journey. Let's, let's mm -hmm. talk about yours. <laughs> tell us how, man, tell us how we get here. Like, where you from, how it started, like, all of this. Man, I'm from Compton, California, Compton born and raised. <laughs> Compton in the house. <laughs> where in Compton? Oh, Give man. me some streets. Uh, I give you streets, hoods. <laughs> yeah, all of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right, so wait, wait, wait. Let me, okay, so. Uh, so my whole family, um, pretty much um, Crips, born in Crip neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. My dad um, was like a notable from the streets, but of course, uh, which is a crazy story, when I was born, is when like he decided to change his life, but he changed his life to a point to where he became a minister. Yeah, so he was a minister pretty much all my life. Wow. So I become a preacher's kid as well. So from, so from gang banging, flipped the switch and and just be yeah, and became a, a prophet for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go, <laughs> banging for the Lord. Yeah, banging for the Lord. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, born and raised in the church, of course. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, struggling between uh, the streets and 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 the walk with with with, with your faith, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I feel like those experiences, of course, uh, allows you to try to figure out your cornerstone, and the cornerstone, of course, being music. So then I played drums for the church, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, at the same time, rapping in um, back of the alley of the church. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? And man, just. I've always, you know, I fell in love with music. I've been doing music or playing drums or, you know, to that sort uh, all my life. But, uh, you know, that actually being a profession um, um, just seemed like, uh, um, uh, I guess, um, fantasy, fairy tale type situation, yeah, especially yeah. Um, when a lot of your influences are from your family and, you know, their, their, their foundation is, you know, to work. You know, okay. go to college, nice. find a job, you know. Blue collar. It's yeah, thing. yeah. So okay. ultimately, I mean, that's what I focused on. Um, I went to uh, um, uh, college for a split second initially to become a uh, architect. Okay. But yeah. math, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I suck ass. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I was actually starting doing Algebra 2. Okay. So I had a long way to go, and then realizing, sitting in class, that this ain't really what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is this. These are the dreams and hopes for my fam bam. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've always wanted to do music, but you know, you get older and actually feel like, oh shit, I can actually make a decision for myself. You know what I mean? So I was chipping at the stone doing that. I went to from there. I dropped out. Okay. And I went to Long Beach City because they had a music extension program. They did. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It that was studio the studio in there was the shit. It was the yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, had yeah. two of them that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did that. But then I dropped out because uh, I started making just a little bit of bread. You know what I'm saying? I was selling beats to... Do you remember the first beat you ever sold and who you sold it to? Yes. Um... The comrades, gangster, from the comrades, 
when they were signed to Mac-10's Hoop Banging Records. Hoop Banging. <laughs> <laughs> the homie yep. Technique was signed to Hoop Banging. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my boy, uh, Big Marvin Watkins, rest in peace, man, connected me with okay. them. Okay. Yeah, and they bought a track for $800. You felt like, yo, it's over. You, ain't, you can't tell me shit. <laughs> $800. I was just like, oh, it's cracking. <laughs> we going to Red Lobster If I can sell about six of these a month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know what I'm saying? Life, be lifing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I got married and had kids, and then I had okay. to get jobs, and you know what I'm saying? Figured that out. And uh, I just thought that, you know, like I said, you know, trying to do that full time just seemed impossible. At okay. the time, you know okay. what I mean? Until uh, 2003, between 2003, 2005, when I had the whole fuck it mentality. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Like, I want to get this shit or die trying type shit. Like, I remember um, doing music at night, but then having to be at work at seven o'clock. I lived in San Pedro and I had to be in Cerritos. So, getting up at five just to stick, stay in traffic, you know what I'm saying? And that shit used to piss me off, and I'm like, I don't- Driving down this, gas this can't again. Be, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this can't be life, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, I end up uh, uh, separating and divorcing from my first marriage, and okay. then um, uh, got fired from my job, and I felt like that was a sign. Mm. So oh, from yo. that point, I was just like, yo, I, I don't ever want to work but like no one ever again, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. unless I'm doing musical situations. Uh, so yeah, and that was 2005, that was my last job. Last job. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My last job. I remember, um, you know, certain things that happen in your life that are signs, Okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Or you feel like God's trying to tell you something. Okay. And so tell you this story, I love telling the story. I tell the story all the time. But I remember I was working at AT&T Wireless, right? I was an analyst review uh, operator, I guess you can say. Okay. Um, I, uh, I checked corporations' credit and all that shit uh, to see if they approved for more lines and all that old stuff. But anyway, I was a G. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was doing my thing, thing, on the thing, thing. <laughs> so they were actually interested in... Um, uh, um, giving me, uh, you know, upper level uh, position in life. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. Probably more pay, I'm sure, and all that. But I remember um, on the days that I had off, uh, for an example, I probably had like a Wednesday and Thursday. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, in between those times, I would try to figure out what, like, what, like, connections or anything I could make on the music side, you okay. know what I mean? Okay. And I was chipping at that stone so very slowly, but you know what I mean? Whatever I can do. I end up connecting with, uh, I think his name, um, Tick, or Salcedo, I forgot his name, but anyway. Oh, okay, I know Tick. He worked for whoever was the... He was at Sony at the time? Sony Urban, whoever yes. was his boss. Yeah, yeah, Dino Devaya. Dino, Dino, Bam. Dino, yeah. Never been, yeah, so yes. I yes. remember that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming together, anyway. Yeah, KP was over there at yeah. the time, Donnie yeah. Niner. I remember yeah. Mike Lynn had a situation yes, there at the he time. he did, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a remix situation that needed to be done, and uh, it was dire. So Dino's assistant, which was Tick, was telling me, yo, when we holler at you, we need you to jump on this. If you're able to do this, let us know, um, and I'll call you when we need it immediately. Okay. So uh, it was probably some track that I probably made at the house, but um, send it whenever I had the chance to, whenever I get a phone call. Okay. Right? Uh, and I established that on my days off. Okay. You know what I mean? So one day, um, I was, uh, there was a test uh, uh, that I had to take, uh, which was like a telecommunications test, a call thing, okay. you know. Okay. And um, uh, this was maybe about three days after I situated this with them. Okay. And um, it was a test for me to move off to the next position, whatever. And uh, I remember I kept my phone these past three days on my desk because you never know 
when or oh. if I was going to get this phone call. Got it. Now, of course, you can't, you're not supposed to keep your phone on the desk, but I didn't give seven <laughs> shits. So I kept my phone there, right? So I'm testing for this position, and right in the middle of my test, call the, the call comes in. Now, this is what's the fucked up situation about that. <laughs> I'm testing. I have my supervisor. She's, you know, she's write, you writing down whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, they caught me three times. Dino actually caught me three times while I was testing. Wow. Right, three times. Maybe about 15, 20 minutes later, because uh, I let it ring, I said, I'll go ahead and you know, call him when I finish this test, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I finished the test, of course, I aced that shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh, as soon as I was done, I ran to the break room so I could make this phone call. Mm -hmm. He was already on a plane. It was already too late. And by the time he got back, he called his nephew, which was also a producer, to grab that job up. It was for Marion and somebody else. But this job paid $7,500 each for two different remixes. And that shit made me so fucking sick. You know what I mean? For the fact that I was like, let me go ahead and finish this and take care of that later. Mm. When at that time, that was just me telling myself that me working here at this job was more important than my dream. Yeah, you know That's I mean? how you're informing the universe. Right. You're informing the universe, right? And to put that in the back burner is just like, that shit made, my stomach was just like in knots. Nice. You know what I mean? For, that, for me to actually, you know, you know, accept that whole situation. And I was just like, yo, that can never happen again. So what I did was try to get fired. <laughs> and in 2005, that was the last year you can get uh, unemployment and insubordination. So I was on a mission. You was, cut, you was cutting up, huh? I was cutting up. They wouldn't fire Not me right away. Not off the test. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't coming in today. This test, I ain't coming in yet. So I was on a mission, man. But I felt like, dude, I'm like, dude, I, I can never make decisions like that again. It's just like, you know, you got to go for the moment. If that's what you really want to do, Yeah. you know what I mean? You got to put your body into it. And I felt like that was an opportunity I could have took advantage of that I didn't. So it was just like, all right, man, we got to. We got to change shit up. I, I tell my sons that all the time, man. Opportunities like that don't happen all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So You got to be ready. You got to be ready. Especially man. when it's something you're passionate about or trying to identify your passion. Right, right. You know you know, there's going to be some level of, of happiness if you walk down that hallway. You got to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? And don't second guess yourself. Definitely, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between a hobby and something you're passionate about. <laughs> because I know so many people, they got a lot of hobbies, right. but they ain't passionate about them. Right. And I'm like, identifying your passion is different than like, oh, occasionally I like to do this, or I like to do and that. And just be real with yourself as uh -huh. opposed to listening to anybody else defining what you do uh -huh. as a hobby. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. When you know damn well that's the passion of your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah, and don't be afraid to like, I think we've, I just, time, over time, we've created a, you know, a, um, a place where you can't even really tell people what you need or what you want from them. If you're, if you're chasing down your goals and somebody you might know that's in proximity can help you reach that goal or maybe open a door or give you some advice, but people are afraid to ask because they're like, damn, do I look like I'm... Do I look thirsty? Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think if you do too much of that in like a kind of a sales pitchy way or you're doing that without like being reciprocal for it, that's a bad thing. But, you know, I think if you're trying to identify something, and I know like, yo, Dems is an amazing producer and I want to learn how to produce a little bit. Right. I'm not going to be like, yo, I need 15 hours of your time, but if I want to ask him, this man a question because this is his profession, I should be able to do that, you know, and I For should sure. feel comfortable with doing right, that. Right, 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 right. You know? Yeah, that's um, real. So AT&T, did you eventually get fired? I eventually got fired. So you're supposed to get fired uh, with 16 points and get your name, <laughs> but yeah, they fired me at 60, so... <laughs> Oh, they was not trying to let 25 you know. to 30, I was losing my shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? It shows you was doing a hell of a job. Right, 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 like, right, right. I was even at his worst. <laughs> they was like, we not letting him go. We not letting him go, dog. We not leaving. Uh, nah, man. So, so. so what was your, your first kind of placement or whatever that made you go? I know that you had the $800 one, but what was the one that was just like, 
the lights turned on and you're like, this is it. Shit, you know. Uh, or a relationship or something, you know what I mean? Like, I would say uh, I did something for, uh, supposed to be the Queen Project, which was uh, Kelly Price and Tamia and um, Deborah Cox, I want to believe, and Kiki White, I don't, I don't know, the, the, all the artists. Yeah, it was, You're talking about was singers. Yeah, it was singers. Like singers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I got a check for like, what, what was a, a thousand or two and grabbed up an apartment in Burbank and then realized like, oh shit, how many times can I do this to make a living? This is crazy. You know what I mean? So, man, that was a, a turning point. I mean, all these different things, man. I'm like, yo, like this just goes to show that dude, like God's blessed me with a, mm. with a talent. Like we, we about to go. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Who are some of your um, producers you know, that you looked up to or you, like, really loved growing up or, you know, um, that made you fall in love with that side of music? Because, like you said, you're rapping, you're playing drums with the right. drummers, you know, so um, much people. Well, my influences, for sure, start off with Dr. Dre, of course. You know what I'm saying? N.W.A. and that whole that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? And DJ Quick was my one of my favorite producers. And then even getting older, going down the rabbit hole, Timberland was crazy. You know what I'm saying? The Neptunes, all that shit. I listen to stuff like that and listen to the radio. And man, just the in inspiration and motivation. I remember I had a, a uh, Insonic X. It's like, you know, those ASR. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I saying? remember that. It was black, like, huh? Yeah. I had the red one thinking I was doing something. You know what I mean? Like the alternative to the NPC, because I never was an NPC guy. Yeah. But I remember listening to the radio, especially like when something dropped. Um, and man, just being inspired, like, oh shit, like, you know what I mean? I got to grab sounds up. I got to figure this out. Like, you know? Now, where. Any of this is going to go. <laughs> Who I'm going to submit my music to, you know what I'm saying, is a whole other different thing, you know what I mean? Because we didn't have plugs like that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to kind of leave L.A. to kind of get on, I guess you could say, and then okay. come back okay. with like under, you know, things under my belt, you know okay. what I'm saying? So. Um, so you did that? I did that, yeah. So, uh, so where'd you go? I signed to Bangladesh oh, and moved wow. to Atlanta okay. for a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it kind of crazy how you, we were kind of talking about that with like um, titles and things. People have to see you thriving somewhere else and around other people sometimes for them to take you seriously. Right, like, right. Oh, you live in New York now? Like you move, oh, oh, oh like. Yeah, let's sit yeah, down now. Let's yeah. Talk. <laughs> it, it, it's so crazy because we were talking about titles, like, and it's unfortunate that. You know, when you're, especially in the entrepreneur space, right, when you're chasing down those goals, people will support. They'll be like, oh, that's cool. That's dope what you're doing. But they want to see where it goes first oh, before yeah, they yeah, really yeah. support. They want to see some moves be made. But if you become the senior vice president at so-and-so's company, it's like, yo, we got to sit down. We'll be getting lunch. <laughs> yo, my G, we got to chop it up, yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And I wish we could break out of that mold, at least within our community with our people because something on Earn Your Leisure they were talking about we need to do like entrepreneur like showers to where if you got a friend that's starting a business everybody come and dump resources into that and resources doesn't always mean money and I think that's right. where we get it messed up is like resources can mean connections it can mean like I got a guy for this it can right, mean like right. yo I can help you film this insight you know? just, just insight. those kind of things yeah. but we always wait until other people are like yo this is dope before we're like oh this is dope I feel like we put ourselves in positions to where it's just like they're our peers so we want to do just as well as they are you know what mm -hmm. I mean and if we're not then you know what I mean then it's just like we don't want to necessarily help them <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying unfortunately yeah. Yeah. So, um, Atlanta, what year was that? Oh, shit. <laughs> 2010, 11, Atlanta going was, into 12. Atlanta's been moving forever, but like, oh, what yeah. was that experience like? Like, Man, it was crazy, man. That's around the time when, when well, Atlanta's still popping, but it was popping, popping. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I got a chance to meet so many different people, you know what I mean, then. Um, but it was super dope, man. We was in the flyest studios, you know what I'm saying? What were you working. staying at? 
Uh, Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I stayed near the Lakewood Amphitheater for a time. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. like six to eight months I stayed out there. Yeah. That kind of give you like a fresh perspective, new perspective on like music and like... Yeah, I felt like at the time, um, you know, it, it's, it, it moves more so in the streets, I guess, mm. at the time, as opposed to in LA, it moved in the office. That's, that's what it real, seemed like. That's to me. real. That's real wow. shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Atlanta, I mean Atlanta, like the Bay and other places, Detroit, like those kind of cities, they've had to they've had to support themselves. Right. Like right. other people weren't coming there at first, so Atlanta had to they had to build their own ethos. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which is which is why now it thrives so much. You know what I mean? And the things that they took chances on. They were just connected, man. Like rappers was connected and pulling up. On rappers, and there were no like A and R liaisons or labels. Helping nah, there's no, there's none of that. It's like, oh, I'm making a, I'm making a song yeah. with homie. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's still like that right now. Right. If you right, look right, at right, it, right. like right. they all collaborate. You know right. what I'm saying? Which is, which is kind of frustrating. Like when you look at L.A., right? Like when L.A. really, really had the crown, right? Right. Like when L.A. had the crown, which would we could say early '90s, maybe right. early '90s, and not to say we're not participating, but had the crown. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're talking the Snoop shit. We're oh, talking yeah, yeah, Warren. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking Cube. We're talking right. NWA. we talking, and then we, we just keep going. But like you said, it moved in a, in a very corporate, a corporate way. Even though it was happening on the streets or it was from the, the street, streets, yeah. it was still moving it was in just a being corporate. Connected, yeah, connected a lot of gatekeepers. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Atlanta, it's, 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 Nah, they, they, every, I remember going to Atlanta and the homie introducing me to Big Oomp, you know, Big Oomp Camp, the Oomp Camp, and it was so many camps in Atlanta, and these right. motherfuckers are like street stars, it's almost like New Orleans, <laughs> like how you hear about cash money and no limit, it's the same thing in Atlanta, Atlanta. you had like Big Oomp Camp early, you know right, what I'm saying, right. and you, you, you hear certain names that were early like coach has been around forever since like you right know, Jeezy right. and other things like that and just yeah mm -hmm. we need to I, I think that's the thing that's not to lose your thing but that's kind of stifled LA is that the collaboration hasn't been there right. not without like the call my manager and blah blah <laughs> blah, blah, blah 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 you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah like let me see what the label is saying and yeah, all this yeah, other shit. Yeah. Oh, I got a project dropping and blah blah right, blah. As right. opposed to like, I mean, it'd be so bad that you can't even ask somebody to post something on social media without being like, "Oh, you got to talk to my team, see where they can slate it in." <laughs> <laughs> I have a team to do social media for me. You got to figure that out with them. It's just an invisible like wall where it's like, you know, that's that's a that's not even a real space. It's a space, but it's not like the connectivity between online in the streets is it has to be different and the, the world still you know revolves around the street and those kind of things so right. like you said just in general getting back to like where people just actually rocking with people and it's like yo i'm gonna pull up on you just because i rock with you <laughs> you know what I mean? you gotta go get my agent and all that but right and you're seeing it everywhere else but here like i said memphis detroit look at detroit right now Right. You know what I'm saying? Detroit is on right now. They created See, an ecosystem. Yeah, they had to because yeah. nobody Not was fucking with them. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, I feel like we, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about, but whatever. <laughs> so let's let's go back. So you in Atlanta. You're, so you were signed to Bangladesh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Signed me for, I'm not even going to say, man. It's it, all it, good. It was crazy. Okay. Not crazy, like, no, no. that much, like, yeah. that little. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, man, uh, it, 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 it was a blessing, man. It's like, you know, get the, get, get the feet wet, get the working with the artists, get to figure out how this whole thing move around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, shit, I came back with, like, a ton of placements. You know what I'm saying? Start working with other bigger producers. And just started collecting, you know what I mean? Um, so you've always been very collaborative. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, open definitely. to come in. And, oh yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure. Especially, you know, um, can't always just lean on your ideas, which is fine. You know what I mean? But you know, 
uh, another person's take on what you're doing sometimes blow my mind. Like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, I didn't think about that. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. um, When did um, the relationship with Dre start? 2015. Um, uh, signed uh, with... Uh, uh, BMG, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to DC Holla, you know what I'm saying? Uh, reintroduced me to Zach Katz, who signed me over there. And then, yeah. Big Zach. Yeah, Big Zach put me in Ziggity's, you know what I'm saying? Threw me in a room with everybody, you know Yo, what I mean? Zach, but, uh, that's his shit. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I think he, nah, he had already let them go, but you know, at the time, he managed a lot of producers. That was over at Aftermath. Yeah, High Tech, yep. Denon Porter. So that's probably the link between Dre and Tech, too, right? Probably. Yeah, Drake. I mean, Zach had Zach was managing. I think he was managing Rakim for a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, but Damn. yeah, Rakim was signed to Aftermath too. Yeah. 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 For a split second. Yep. yep. Yeah. So you got over there, BMG. Then you got he in. He introduced me to Marsha, Marsha Ambrosius. So I was mm. working on Marsha's album. Okay. And then towards the end of her album. Um, I don't even know how it came about, but she just asked me to play something. And I was like, <laughs> I was going down. <laughs> I played some shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't, you know, in the course of that, she disappeared and reappeared with Focus. And then Focus, <laughs> Focus uh, pulled up, played probably the same shit for him, you know what I'm saying? And he was just like, wait, what? And he introduced me to Ty, and, and then they both introduced me to Dr. Dre. Which was crazy. Uh, uh, funny story. I was actually creating um, just ideas because uh, it, you know, initially I was trying to figure out how I can be a part of Kendrick's uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Okay. I was okay. way off in terms of the ideas. Okay. Or whatnot, but uh, I remember Marsha came to the studio and she heard one of the jams, and she didn't even say anything. She just went in the booth, so I had to hurry up and get like you know, her settings and everything situated, but she recorded a hook like that. And then she was like, I need you to put a premix on that and send that to me ASAP. And I was just like, all right. And so I sent it to her. And um, then Ty calls me like maybe the next day and he was like, yo, Dre, Dre wants to want to meet you. And it was a genocide record, mm -hmm. which Kendrick actually ended up getting on anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? So wow. I was like, look at golf. <laughs> Look at yeah. him. Yeah. Um, when you meet people that you grew up listening to or um, just respecting, you know, as as a you know a producer and you know somebody who's been in the game and the accolades and all that, like, how, how is it? Because I know when we when I first met you, it was through John Connor, right? Who was signed to Aftermath at a point. We we're filming at at the studio one day, and we finally got to sit down with Dre. And half of me is like doing cartwheels like inside and backflips, right. and the right. other half is like, keep your composure. But I remember just having a dope conversation with him about parenthood. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. showed us actually the documentary trailer for the joint him and Jimmy Iovine did. And this is years earlier. About um, the Defiant yeah, Ones. Yeah, Defiant Ones. But, you know, how do you, you know, completely manage like that, like Dre is this stuff. Man, let me tell you something, somebody? man. He's so down to earth. Like, of course, when I first met him, you know what I'm saying? It was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But <laughs> he broke the ice because uh, Ty was just like, you know, he's producing this and that and this and that. He was just like, yo, that shit you did was crazy. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then he was like, Andy from Compton. Yeah. And he looks up like, oh, what? You know what I mean? I stayed on Mayo. And I was like, oh, shit. I went to Mayo Elementary. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's just like breaking the, the ice and just yeah. talking about different areas and Compton and all that shit. It was just like, oh, I can really have like a regular conversation with him. And it's always been like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Sometimes, like, I forget that I'm talking to like Dr. Dre. That's big bro. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm picking his brain and just talking to him about different shit. And, you know, sometimes, like, we be out, and then it's just like, I'm tripping, like, why they bum right? Oh, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because like, oh, you forget. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with Andre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andre. Yeah. You know so. what I'm saying? Um, how, 
I think I think this is a great way to segue into this. The the thing is getting in the room is one thing, right? But to maintain and to be able to stay in the room, oh yeah, for sure. There's a certain kind of temperament. Oh yeah. There's 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 things that you have to do again to keep you in a room. And I've heard, you know, Dre is like, yo, to keep you in the room and as long as you've been around now, right. is because obviously there's a real relationship there. Right. Um, what 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 advice would you give? to the young producers or just young creators now who find themselves with an opportunity to be around a Dre, to be around a Puff, to be, or whoever, right? right. Um, to be around a, a Jay-Z, like what advice would you give? And I wanna use those three because there's a certain yeah. level there. And, and so you have to play at a certain level to stay in the room. What, what advice would you give? I mean, only, uh, the advice that I used for myself is be me and 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 do that to the highest level mm. possible. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be goofy. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to be super out the box all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm -hmm. just a different individual. Mm -hmm. So and and that's in every aspect of what I do. So it's just like, just be that a hundred percent because you can only be you. Mm -hmm. And so when you're creating for guys like this, you're actually creating or showing them a world that they never saw. And then once they figure out where they fit, mm. that shit can be genius. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So authenticity. Yeah, for is, sure. Is a, is, a, is a great face card. That's why I feel like I'm still here is because it's like, I just do me to the 80th power of life, you know what I mean? And these are elements that I feel like can't be duplicated, you know what I mean? And that goes for anybody, for that matter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's styles and ideas, creative-wise, you know what I'm saying? And you never hear no <clears throat> shit about you. You stay out the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just keep chipping at the stone. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's, 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 what's in, inside the stone? Man, uh, potential uh, greatness, leaving legacies, you know what I'm saying, for the fam bam and they inspire the whole entire world. You know what I'm saying? Love it. I still got work to do. Still. Work you know in every progress day. always. Every day. Um, I guess they, they had released like a, a, a write-up about how there was no hip-hop number one album. Ain't that crazy? What's, what should, like, <sighs> what do you think? Is it the staleness of music? Is it oversaturated you know, market? Like I'm ready for this one. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, you know, so this is my thing, man. Like, think about like, not even like R&B in the '90s was going pop, and then you listen to why, like creatively, people were taking chances. You know what I'm saying? People were really being creative and really doing some outlandish shit. You know what I'm saying? It's the entertainment business. And no one wants to be entertaining. I, I guess they think that that's corny. I don't know. But it's just like if there's a certain medium that's there that's like everybody think it's cool, let's just go let's ahead just and there. just be there. Yeah, let's just let's just be cool. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to step out and look goofy. I don't know. They don't want to step out and look different from everybody else. They don't want to take chances. Yeah. So it's just like it's the same mundane shit. And no one's impressed anymore. I, 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 get, I get that. I get that perspective. I also feel like if I'm using sports as an analogy, right, it's like the running back in the NFL or the center in the NBA. There's this now this narrative and that undervalues that, those positions, right? Like with the, with, the, with the running back in the NFL, it's like, Three, four years, we don't need it. We can draft them in the later rounds, blah, 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 blah. We're a pass-oriented thing. I think that what we're seeing from the music business right now is an attempt to undervalue and undermine the culture, a culture that is making guys that look like us creating generational wealth. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be the selling of these catalogs, right? which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it is making people- It's a whole it, thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, 
I think that it it it, it further it further allows them to uh, keep us out of the positions at the labels because we've already got now two new gatekeepers in uh, what is it the algorithm and 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 in TikTok we've created two new gatekeepers on our culture that have nothing to do with our culture. So I think that like the narrative that's you're able to you're able to create these things like keep us out and keep the numbers low like, because even with black content creators the algorithm there's studies on it the right. way that these things are reacting so again it's they like say, now why do we need a black marketing team when we can just go ahead and yeah we, we can put it on tiktok, TikTok. <laughs> we can put it on tiktok so now we're gonna fire the whole marketing department because all y'all are doing is spending money but first of all so you're so so now you're telling me a 12 year old girl in nebraska excuse my you know whatever white girl asian girl that's the girl that i gotta put my song on her TikTok, my sound and that's what's gonna give me that's what's gonna take me to the masses not my work not not what i do in this like it's bullshit. so like that like i think that i think that that's what we're seeing i right. think that we're seeing a, uh, you know, it's look, I love all forms of music. I'm a very eclectic music fan, A&R, whatever you want to say. Like I, 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 I'm dialed in to Sublime, to 311, to all those bands. I've been listening to Andrea Bocelli forever, as well as loving Dre, loving DJ Premier, loving Kendrick Cole, whoever, right. you know what I'm saying, to Quadrant. Like who, you know what my, my taste level is. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that it is, I say all that to say, like, now they're trying to, 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 to shift the paradigm. Right. Right. Like, let's, let's move it over here. Let's move it back to whether it's B, more BTS bands or, and I love, I love, uh, what's his name? What Bad Bunny is doing. You know what I'm saying? But don't ever try to like whatever the culture. You saw it this year at, uh, what's it, what's the shit called? Coachella, worst year ever. They'll tell you <laughs> the numbers sucked. Right. They like there was tickets left. Every time that you had a headliner, it's a Kendrick, a Cole, or a Kanye. You, you know never, what it is. Yeah. You can't get a fucking ticket. You can't get a hotel room. You can't get nothing. So it's like I feel like it's more about undervaluing the culture than. And don't get me wrong, there is a lack of originality. There's also that. There's also a lack of originality. It's too many, uh, you know, uh, and the reason that there's a lack of originality is because they made you believe it's easy to do. You know, you came up in the air. We came up in the air. It's right. hard to do. You don't just get to go. Come on, man. How many of you guys that are making, producing right now could go in and go in a room with Dre? of this new era and Dre not be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like how he would be like, yo, I don't so just to be a part of like the, his, his the, nucleus, yeah. right? Or, or just like, like culture changing projects or like just projects that stop. Very few. Yeah. I mean, Very it's, few. it's not society isn't built and pushed for legacy anymore. Mm -hmm. It's built and pushed for the moment. 15 second moment, 30 second moment, 60 second moment. Right. That's reels, shorts, and Instagram story. That's what it's built for. So, my question moment. is everybody out point, here hustling instead of like, again, trying to build. Is it because we're still underlining and um, circling them as in the system as opposed to trying to figure out how we can create something great within ourselves absolutely. yeah absolutely and we still it falls know, on us we, for we, sure we still feel it like we need us. them to make it happen meanwhile they're like we just hired we're just gonna put all your marketing money towards influencers that's the marketing campaign for you and that's the same for the rest of these 30 artists that we got and if that don't work they don't care because they're not dumping money into artist development no more they're no. not saying you have a million dollar you know recording budget and you have video budget it's like 
We know. I mean, here's fifty thousand dollars. It's for a curating your and lifestyle company now. Yeah, these are tech companies. These are tech. <laughs> yeah, these are tech companies. There's and no more record companies. What's yeah. the biggest companies. part of the the companies these days? It's the brand, the brand partnership teams, because the companies just want more money from outside sources that they can fund. Tour, yeah. tour support. Everybody like, gutted their A and R departments. Everybody gutted their marketing departments, and they're like, "We want more crazy. brand." Bro, I was people. on the phone last week with someone, and he was just like, "I don't want you to get left behind." I mean, A and R is dead, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you want to tell me that that TikTok can get in a room and say, "Hey, uh, you know what? We need to have." You know, them joints in here with Terrace Martin in here and Robert Glasper. And then we're going to put Kendrick in here and we're going to bring Coco, you know, from wherever Quadrant or Snow Allegra. And we're going to make a project. Fucking TikTok's not doing that <laughs> and not telling you like, you know, what I mean, the feels and how things should feel and with the narrative. It's not doing that. Right. It's not doing that. And the, and the, and the, and the people that aren't relying on TikTok to do A&R and all this, these projects that you hear are like, yo, that's a breath of fresh air. It's because they're doing the things that we've always done. They're depending on yeah. them. Because the other ones, they that's too long. It's too long of it's a process long. for them. Oh, the breath of fresh air music. <laughs> right? <laughs> and when it hits, <laughs> when it, woo, woo. we keep running it back. Yeah. But again, it's it's a system that's been created because everything is... We move at the speed of pace now. It's not, you know, there's, if you notice, the artists in hip-hop that go number one all the time are your Kendricks, your Coles, your Kanye's. If Jay decided he was dropping an album tomorrow, it's because you know that he spent three years working on this. You know oh, yeah. he put intention in this. You know he's going to have the best production. He's got the best team. He's you know got, what I mean? Yeah, They're really putting their body in it, and they know what they Yeah, and you understand that person is about legacy. They're about quantity over quality, you know? And, um, and you just have to be able to adjust because it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's getting worse, you know? That's real shit. There, it's like, it's going to continue to be that way. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's just like that with like rock, because U2 or Rolling Stone can still come out and do some, you know what I'm saying? Real hot chili Again, again, but because that culture doesn't devalue. No, no. So you got the Rolling Stones playing at the Rose Bowl and it's sold out for seven nights. <laughs> Whereas you try to do that same thing with whoever you want to call like a, a, um, a, a legacy act from our space. No, nah, we're going to have y'all at Pachanga. <laughs> well, yeah, or, or you have to do festivals that have, have 30, have, yeah, you 30 know what I mean? Artists. We got Joe to see, Jagged Edge, we got all these, you know what I mean? We're paying all of y'all $8,000. Yeah. And, and you're talking about just, Joe to see made groundbreaking R&B. What? Groundbreaking fashion, but as a culture, we look at it as like they old all. school versus no school. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Right. And that's on us. That's, that's on us. On us. Yeah. You know, super and, on yeah. us. And you know, we have to. But they also gotta want to compete. Yeah. Cause like I look at Usher, that motherfucker want to compete. Yeah. Still. Yeah. He yeah. in the gym. You can tell. Right. He working out. Right. He keeping young people around him. He like, yo, I'm paying attention to yeah. the trends. I'm still doing me. I'm saying, yeah. That motherfucker wants to compete. Will you get it? So you, you gotta also want to compete. Still Dre yeah. still want to compete. Jay want to compete. Still. Yeah. You can't be Nas complicit in the inactivity. Yeah. If you know the world is shifting to this, you could either be a bystander or you can be like, yo, I gotta get some younger cats on my team. I know what my vision is, I know what my goals are, but I need them to inform me what's going on and how I inform a new clientele with, you know, my people and not alienate them. And Usher, I think that was a great analogy yeah. of like somebody who's a legacy act, but who still has been able to constantly, you know, through decades, you know, continue to, to keep up and make sure that his name is at the forefront of what's going on. Right. That's dope. So listen. Y'all Compton boys, y'all, I will say this for y'all too. Y'all stick together. This is like you, Brian Postel, yeah. Compton boys. So Brian used to work at Famous Publishing, mm -hmm. signed Eminem for those who don't know, and has worked at a plethora of other labels. Right. And now is involved in a business where he 
basically moves executives around. Ooh, Compton guy, yeah. fuzzy a Compton guy. Y'all yeah, yep. all y'all all stick together, man. I love I love seeing that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I love I, I, I love seeing that. What what um is there anything from a musical standpoint or just anything uh project and it, the project can be whatever i don't i don't know what it is but is there something else that you want to do from for, for specifically for compton and is there's what what's on the horizon for you period these next couple of months man we was talking about that man we kind of want to try to figure out the same thing we were talking about we want to we want to figure out how we can create a hub uh to where we're actually just reaching out to like younger newer hungry talent and then give them the same opportunities you know what I mean? Through our own circle of resources and just create jams. I feel like, you know, um, shit, the world is a big place. There's superstars out there that's just, you know, untapped. You know what I mean? And man, I would love to be a hub for like just all kind of different people we can work with. That'd be super, super dope. See what, you know. See what happens. Yeah. And not only that, man, but like just switching things around and finding more new people. You just never know. Uh, where the culture is going to flip mm -hmm. and yeah. go. Because yeah. this ain't it. It's oh. going to continue to go and yeah. circle around and do all kind of different shit. You know, hip-hop is like a wide variety of so many different things. You know what I mean? Even stuff that we've yet to tap into. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. One last question. Give me your favorite three beats that you produced or songs. That's out? So, that have come out three songs, right? And then give me three songs that you like. I wish I did that. I wish I did. I'm telling you, it's a gang of them. But 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 give like me three records that I produced that's out. Records that I really really hope. really love. The, yeah, and then oh, give me shit. three records that you were like by other producer where you like. Oh my God, I wish I did that record. Damn, come on, that's. That's man. Come on. That I really, really love. Yeah, you gotta love to. them. Come on. Um. Shit. Okay, so uh, genocide mm -hmm. on Dr. Dre's Compton. There's another beat um, uh, that I really like on there that I did, Satisfaction, and I listen to that beat sometimes and get the chills. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, cause I remember listening to this shit. Like, how did I make this beat? <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Um. Shit. What else? Three? Um, uh, Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. I did a couple of jams for her. I did uh, the, the top line for uh, Rihanna's uh, cockiness. I did a little production on that record, but I did the top line for that. And I, I, I listened to that. Like, damn, this shit is hard. <laughs> okay. So give me the yeah. three that you wish, like... Oh, I that I wish I produced. Three songs. Come on. Uh, leave the door open. I wish I did that shit. That shit is crazy. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and Bruno. And okay, yeah, okay. D-Mile is one of my favorite, man. Motherfucker. Yeah. D-Mile's hard. <laughs> D-Mile, you uh, hard. Um, um, I wish I did the whole fucking soundtrack to Euphoria. Fucking Labyrinth. What the fuck? And that's oh, like two or three in there already. Yeah. You know what I mean? That shit's crazy. Uh, shit. Um, that that's pretty much it. I don't know. I okay. mean, that's a lot of shit that I yeah. wish that I produced. Of course, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Or or projects that I wish I was on. Okay. That, you know what I'm saying. I I I I don't know how I was. I wouldn't even tapped in. But uh, you know what I mean. Like my favorite projects. Like I like. I don't know. It's a lot of shit, man. Like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of shit. What what you listening to now? Uh, what am I listening to right now? I'm listening to a lot of new artists. Uh, Danny be putting me on to a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of my my shit. I'm working on a lot of projects, so kind of you know you, you you do some shit and you kind of like study it and do some homework to make sure it's the best shit that you can put out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, what what, uh, what are some of the projects you're working on? If you could share. Uh, let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see. So I, I have uh, a label as well. You okay. know what I mean? You made us what we are. You know what I'm saying? So I got a few artists that I'm working with. Khan out of Maryland. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm excited about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, both him and I are working um, on Snoop and Dre. I don't know if that's a a, a, a secret. You know what I'm saying? But I feel What's like I know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's gonna definitely uh, that's definitely gonna put a stop to everything. I truly believe. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a group. You know I what I'm saying? This, right? Read the PDF. Be Isn't focused and denied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. So. Uh, and we're, you know, us getting together, working on Eminem and, you know, Snoop and Dr. Dre. And we was just like, you know what? Let's just have some fun. Yeah. And then, of course, it turned into a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? So can we come over there and listen? Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. No, no. We're Real definitely going to have, like, wine. it's going to be crazy. No, I'm coming tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come to record. I want to come to the spot tomorrow and hear it because I know you back there. Yeah. Kicking. But shouts out to, 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 to Focus and Denine. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife's Stallone, working on a project with her, Undecided Future. You know what I'm saying? I'm executive producing Jordan Sparks' album. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm excited about that, you know? Uh, and I got a couple of other things that's in the work, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, Keep it close to that yeah, for a little bit. exactly. Well, listen, man, we appreciate, really, really appreciate you coming and sitting by, man, sitting down with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Sure, AT&T, sure. the one that got away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I need a jingle, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah double back. Got that big, big check. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. <laughs> Much appreciation. Um, you know, definitely be on the lookout for, for all the projects that you have. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please dive into this man's discography. Appreciate that. Thank catalog you, thank you. and just him as a human. Um, Compton in the house. Compton in the house. And y'all can run the credits while I finish all this. Cause <laughs> Pancake time. Pancake ain't sitting in front of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Yo, again, live from the Dream Hotel. Signing off. Chief Johnson, Malik Rashid, and them joints. A sweet Woo! life. Let's go. Peace. <laughs>